I have had a little episode number problem the last few episodes. Two episodes ago, I started calling episode 308 episode 309. I just completely lost count of where I was. And then as a counter move to that last episode, I was like, in my head, I'm like, no, this is actual 309. And, you know, last time I said 309 that it wasn't, except then I started, instead of saying actual 309, I started saying actual 209. So I have just been a complete tragedy when it comes to counting all of a sudden. <laughs> I love that. Math is hard. <laughs> you know, listen, I'm fine from 1 to 10. I can get to 100 just fine. After 300, like, just be happy I showed up, okay? Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada, and you're listening to, I, I think, episode 310 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie-loving podcast of the matinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. So there's me, early for a movie, as usual, looking around a bookstore, as usual, trying hard not to spend money on something I don't desperately need, as usual. Looking at a table of new releases, I hear my name. And I look up to see a dear old friend who I haven't spent near enough time with since all of this. The amusing part is that said friend had already agreed to drop by the podcast to record an episode. This episode, in fact, we discovered there, surrounded by volumes by Colson Whitehead and R.F. Quang, that we were there to see the same movie at the same time. Now, over 307 episodes, I've seen the movie with some of my guests sometimes, but not so much in a meet-cute fashion. Suffice it to say, it was a lovely little piece of happenstance. She is a very talented writer, filmmaker, and comedian whose podcasting voice you can hear on It'll Be Fine and Order Up. She's a creative force behind both No Responder Left Behind and Janelle Niles Inconvenient. And she even has a comedy album out to make me feel even more insignificant on Roar Records titled Sugar and Spice and Smirnoff Ice. And we're going to have to dig into that sometime. Kelly Zimnickus is here. How are you, Kel? I am good, thank you. Uh, and I'll just do a slight correction. It is oh. Howl and Roar Records for the album. What did um, I say? You just, I think you just said one of them. But it's cool. This is episode 102, right? So you've got... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> the clever, sharp, I love it, no notes. But please, I'm, I'm just barely keeping it together. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you're here, and I am happy that we got to see the movie together yesterday. One, it's really rare that that has actually happened. It's just like, I can barely keep to scheduling these, let alone scheduling, let's watch the movie together and then talk about it. People have lives. <laughs> I've, got the funny, I've got the funniest feeling that the last time I did this, uh, in what I affectionately call the before times, uh, the last movie that I, the Adam Sandler one, where he like... Uncut Gems, yeah. Yeah. I've got a feeling we also were at the cinema at the same time, but we sat in different rows. I think in that one, we just didn't know. Like, yeah. you know, we didn't, but yeah. we didn't have the bump in beforehand. We found yeah. out like afterwards, we yeah. happened to be at the same one. I was probably like had my head down and. I think that's what it was. Cause I was going to yeah. go to another cinema, but then it turns out they weren't playing it that night. So I had to hightail it to the varsity. Okay. So that's, and that's my thing. And of, and of course, that like you call that episode the before times. That is almost literally the before times because we did that in like late January 2020. There were not a lot of full episodes after that before we all went home. Yeah. No, that so. was, uh, yeah. 
It was a, it was crazy days. We didn't we didn't yeah. know what was going to happen. So yeah. I'm going to link that episode in the show notes. If people want to hear Kelly and I talk about uncut gems, that's a it's a great conversation to have, uh, and it was a fun time. So uh, go back and listen to that. But on episode 310, uh, we're not going to do um, know your enemy this time around. We are going to skip straight to the uh, the the new slang, and the new slang on episode 310 is theater camp. Theater Camp is written and directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman. It's co-written as well with Noah Galvin and Ben Platt. It stars Gordon Platt and Galvin, along with Jimmy Tatro, Caroline Aaron, Amy Sedaris, Ao Edabiri, Nathan Lee Graham, Owen Thiel, and Patty Harrison. Theater Camp is about a sleepaway camp for musical theater nerds named Adirondacks. That's two words. Clever, right? The camp is the baby of Joan Rabinsky. That's Sedaris. But just before a new season, Joan befalls an accident. I can't even say that without laughing for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I feel terrible. When you see it, people, it'll make a lot more sense as to why that's funny. And cannot be there to meet the campers for a summer of sun, shenanigans, and Sondheim. That job is handed over to her actual baby, Troy. That's Jimmy Tatro. And to say he's unqualified would be putting it mildly. The lad doesn't know his Rogers from his Hammerstein, his Pasek from his Paul. And what's more, it's going to be his job this summer to keep the camp from closing for good. Then we have our star-crossed counselors, Rebecca Diane and Amos. That's Molly Gordon and Ben Platt. The two met here when they were youngsters, and ever since then, they've been through their ups and downs together as platonic life partners. They are working on teaching a new generation of performers what it takes. They are also working on a new musical about Joan and her life, and also just working on themselves and their friendship. It's the sort of summer where nothing will ever be the same once September comes, but then again, is it ever? This is usually where I lead into the conversation with some, some introduction and end it off with a question saying pop quiz hotshot. But I, I, I don't really have one this time because there's just this film is just so much silliness all baked right in. And on top of all of that, I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of moments in this movie that you and I kind of recognize a little bit too closely given how we both grew up uh for anybody who does not know kelly and i um have been friends for a long time we actually went to high school together and it just so happened to be a high school for the performing arts so <laughs> along with our reading writing and arithmetic there was a healthy dose of you know check off and monet just for kicks uh i studied art kelly studied drama <laughs> we didn't really talk too much about the movie afterwards what did you think of theater camp I like, despite the fact that we went to ESA and I have, uh, you know, a, a fair amount of musical theater background, I, I'm not really a musical theater camp kid. Like, it wasn't like I was going back to relive my youth or anything. Um, no, and to so, be clear, I never went to any, like, this kind of thing <laughs> exists. And, and we went to school with people yeah. who did this kind of thing. But yeah. the, this, like, I did it just for yucks. I didn't do, I wasn't there for it. I got, like, kind of dragged into it. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. So it was never my main vocation either. Like, is drama camp a thing? I'm sure it is. I mean, you can buy pre-cut avocados. So I'm pretty sure drama <laughs> camp is a thing. Um, <laughs> Good point. I, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the movie, um, but I didn't love it. But okay. it was it was 
uh, it was a fun 90 minutes or so of ridiculousness yeah, yeah. and aspects of my life uh, <laughs> definitely rang true in some parts, especially with like the fantastic character who plays the stage manager. That's just <laughs> that, like, just everything was like tossed onto this guy. It was just absurd how much he was, you know, trying to hide yet was needed for every single part of it. Um, yeah, they, 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 at one point his radio is just blowing up and he's like completely like running from pillar to post around this camp. <laughs> and as I'm watching him, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this tech in many, many times. And, and now I'm starting yeah. to understand their fevered look just a little bit more. Yeah, I have seen this tech. I have occasionally been this tech. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I know this tech. So right. that, that, that part of it, I, you know, I've always loved the behind the scenes part of how things come together. When yeah. I would go to concerts, even now as an adult, I'm obsessed with the tech crew and how they're setting things up. So I, I, I there was, there was aspects of it I really dug, but um, overall it was like, it was cute. It was cute and yeah. fun. And yeah. Gotcha. I think yeah. I think I'm a little bit warmer on it than you are, and I, I can't really explain that because, like I said, like this is this mm -hmm. is not something that's near and dear to me in any way, shape, or form. I was, you know, even though I got to kind of play around in a corner of this sandbox for a minute, I was never really all that good. I, I would never have gone to something like this. I just I got there because let's get, let's be honest, they need guides. That that helped. Yeah, watching the movie, I I was a little bit more enamored by i think it, it's 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 course like it wasn't just another sleepaway camp movie it really actually felt like um it, this is a very deep disciple of of christopher guest um yes. you know like not yes. so straight mockumentary where people are like looking to camera the way they do in a lot of sitcoms now mm -hmm. um but you know in a in a way where um, you can you can very much see uh, fingerprints of stuff, certainly stuff like Waiting for Guffman, um, you know, in, the, in this movie um, in a good way, like not in a way where I felt like he was trying to rip anybody off, but in a way where I was like Gordon and um, Lieberman are clearly informed by that kind of movie and and like Spinal Tap and those kind of movies. So I, I enjoyed that part of it. I, I, I got a little bit more than I thought I was bargaining for. Um, it's not exactly a laugh riot, uh, but there, I mean, you know, but there are there are several laugh out loud moments. Um, I think yeah. the one thing that that drew me into this movie um, and we're, we're going to touch on this again when one of the other movies that we talk about, um, I feel like there is something inherently ridiculous about kids singing certain musical theater songs. Listen, I want to I want to clarify here. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum and I don't want to stomp on anybody's passion. <laughs> but musical theater is written like primarily for characters that are adults and primarily for characters that have seen some shit. So when you see a tween singing something, even something like someone to watch over me, it's mm -hmm. like, how in the world do you have any context for this song? I know. It, it's like when I see, you know, American Idol or those shows like The Voice and these kids are belting out these storylines that are far beyond their years of, you know, any experience. 
I mean, some kids can get it. Some mm-hmm. kids have the ability to like tap into something and get it. Yeah. And there was a scene in the movie where they were on stage and Ben Platt's character was like, I'm not believing this. And it was like some kid trying to be a divorced father with a child. Yeah. 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 I don't believe that you miss your daughter. He's like, I have never had a daughter. <laughs> and both of us laughed at the same time because it's like, well, that, that's the point, kid. And it brought back this memory I had of being at ESA um, with, uh, I was directing a scene, as you said, I, I took drama and this, the guy in my class wasn't getting the emotion that I was needing. And he walked around with a briefcase, this guy's name was uh, Patrick. <laughs> and okay. I got somebody to steal his briefcase to piss him off. And it worked. So yeah, there it, it, it brought me back to ESA for a hot second for when I had someone I steal that. Patrick's briefcase. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like uh, you know, I I'm I'm happy that there are kids out like that. that there are more and more kids finding this art form. You know, like, that, that's wonderful, and it, and it's great that we live in a post Glee society. But yeah. all the same, like I mean, I mean, like watching this movie and like listening to some of these kids sing sweeney todd and talk about how the world is shit um i i I think about how i saw a a kid he couldn't have been more than he couldn't have been more than 13 i want to say he was 12 his voice hadn't even really dropped and he was singing a song from waitress it's more or less a direct lift of the movie so if you've seen the movie Mm -hmm. you've seen the play Uh, the songs in the musical are by sarah borales it's wonderful music um the cool thing as well one little tidbit is when they staged it in new york they actually made the theater smell like pie it was kind of it was kind of bananas but i'm watching this clip of this kid who's as i said he's 12 years old and he's singing this song called she used to be mine which is this very late second act song where the main character in waitress is having this deep introspective moment of how she has screwed up her life and i'm like this kid is nailing these notes but he has no idea what he's singing because sarah borales is writing this for a very specific specific character from a specific place and that's the kind of like i see that a lot in music theater so like i like that this movie you know had that in there without really like wailing on it yeah, and like not mocking the kids, you know. No, and not that was one thing I, That's the one thing I, I, I thoroughly did enjoy was it was it, it was such an honest um, and very thoughtful look at these kids who really want to believe those lyrics, who want to find that part of their you know thirteen year old self that understands you know what a divorced marriage or father. <laughs> You know, it was it was it was so lovely uh, to to see that and just see how you know like the proverbial musical theater sausage is made. Um, yeah, is yeah. it strange to have a summer camp movie that's more about the counselors than the kids? Because that was the one thing that jumped out at me. Like I, for for cash and prizes, I don't think I could really tell you what more than two of the kids were doing there. I, I've got a I've got a clear eye on yeah. pretty much all of the counselors. Yeah, I think at the sur- uh, the surface of it was I thought I was going to be watching this film about these children going through the camp, but mm-hmm. very quickly with the introduction of uh, of the the Troy character, uh, you realize that underneath all those lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. where all the where all the uh, the the drama 
and the, the problems are um, on the surface, you show must go on, but then you find out what's really happening backstage and there's a lot. <laughs> oh, there, there is, but I mean, that's, I think that was one of the things that uh, certainly caught me off guard about this movie. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. thought it was going to be way more about the kids and trying to put on the show and learning about them and watching them have this summer of growth um, as, you know, as some of these kids often do, but it's, it's really so much more about it. Like, I mean, it's very, very much about Amy, uh, Amos and Rebecca Diane, like more than anything else, really. It's about these two, Um, which it just, it's, it's one of those things that I don't think that that's necessarily front and center in the way that this movie is being marketed it's not a bait and switch and it's not bad it's just surprising to go to a summer camp movie and yeah (laughs) i i i did find though that there was some uh i found that there were some inconsistencies in the script and maybe that's where like those storylines kind of like oh i thought i was going here but or we're going to focus on this now. Like, Oh, okay. There yeah, was yeah. something about the film that even though it's not a long film, I felt like there were pockets where I could have done less of that and focus more on this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it lost me in moments and then brought me back. You know, um, I find like whenever I'm, you know, watching something like maybe a project of my own or something. And the <laughs> moment I go look at my phone or my watch, I'm like, okay, this something in this scene has to change because it took me out of it for a second. Right, right, right. Like, do you, was there anything specific that you can remember where you were like, I don't know why we're here or something where like, why did we make this turn? I've got a feeling it, it might've been at that like party where the two, cause there's this other camp oh, that yeah. comes into the story. Yeah. I think there might've been a moment there where I was like, okay, we can just like shave this off a bit. I don't know. I yeah, I mean, that, you, that is actually a good point because they've got this whole subplot of the neighboring rich camp that is not, it's not a musical theater camp. It just happens to be a, a rich sleepaway camp, but they're the yeah. camp that's on the other side of the lake. And I'm like, oh, I know this story. This is where the two sides are rivals and one of them exactly. thinks that somebody's cute over here and blah, blah, blah. But it, that actual subplot doesn't really go anywhere except for the fact that the rich camp wants to absorb the Adirondacks. I will never tire of saying that. Um, they want to. They, they want to. They want to absorb the musical theater camp just basically because they can. I feel like you could have either gone further with this or dropped it altogether. Exactly. They're. They're. I mean, they make use of it well, and and I, you know, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen the film yet. But there's one character that they make decent use out of from that other camp to to tie the two camps together. Um, but you're right. I think it was, uh, it felt to me like maybe in a previous version, there was more of that interaction. Mm, that's true. And then they just gave us a little bit to tease it. But I would have loved to have seen those two camps come together at the end for the show. I, yeah. you know, that yeah, would have been some, great. In some way, shape, or form, that would have. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing I did think was really kind of neat in this movie is it has, it, it really kind of has its eye on the hustle. You know, like Troy's got his whole financial influencing thing. Rebecca Diane has her dreams of doing more than just being a teacher. Um, Even Janet faking her way into the job, you know, like walking walking in and saying, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a jouster. Yeah, I I do the thing with the thing. Um, I I like that that's, you know, we can there's, there's people who like to kind of make snide comments about 
you know, the, I'm using air quotes here of the hustle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're somebody who you work your ass off doing 17 different things at, at any one time. Um, you know, I, I, I think this film, on the one hand, it does want to call bullshit on people who are hustling but not actually putting in the work. Like, Troy's yeah. trying to do it but not yep. actually learning anything. Meanwhile, you can see somebody like Rebecca Diane who actually has talent and you know who can push yourself so i i think it it finds the sweet spot there with the hustle there there's a good example i think in in those two teachers at the camp of the one who wants to stay true to the art and just be at the camp and just enjoy the struggle of being an artist and then (laughs) you know the other teacher wants to actually make money on knowing her talents um so those that's a wonderful little difference of like that kind of artist and then the other kind of artist. And, and I mean, it's true. Like when you go to a play, um, I would say no matter what your success level, uh, that person on stage is most likely doing three other things and is running on 17 coffees to get through that matinee and that evening show. It's incredibly difficult to, throw caution to the wind and, and go into this. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they do, a, they do a very good job of, of showing uh, the reality of it, of that. Yeah. You've got to do your art, but you've also got to eat. And that's hard sometimes. <laughs> but while also circling, you know, there are people who are really good at finding Instagram followers and posting oh, yes. a GoPro video, but it's like, you know, there's a there's I was gonna say there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there, but I'm like it, there's there's basically entirely just smoke and mirrors, and oh, yeah. being able to string I, together a sentence that sounds vaguely like you know what you're doing. Yeah, and you know, I mean, as a stand-up, I can't tell you how many times I've seen like, you know, names at a club that are they're famous on TikTok, and that's yeah. how they got that stage time. So yeah. that's another kind of artist. So you've got that kind of artist, the artist who is true to the craft, the artist that is, you know, doing the the hustle super well. Yeah. Um, there's always to make art. You, some may argue that just making content isn't really art, but um, but there's always to entertain. So. Yeah, I just I think that, you know, this movie kind of really wants to underline that there's there there are different ways about it. And there are, you know, like there are sometimes it's not a matter of audience, really, because there's sometimes where you're playing to three people, but you're creating something that's worthwhile and you're being honest about it. There's other times where you're talking to thousands or millions, but it's just bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy me a mockumentary uh, very much. I mean, I, I really do. Even though I didn't like adore this film, um, I so appreciate the the structure of a well written documentary. And I don't know how much of this film was improvised and how much was in the script for them to, you know, follow follow an exact dialogue. But it's got such heart to it and and truthiness. Um, I I really really as much as I love. Uh, proper documentary i do love a mockumentary and poking fun at that style of filmmaking um but also giving me something just a good popcorn fare too you know i mean one of the things i really love about this movie is several of those title cards are laugh out loud funny whoever wrote those i think that was probably one of my favorite parts yeah because they got such great 
hits in it, such little nice little cutting comments. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, whoever wrote those, I tip my hat. That was yeah, yeah. That's that that's not easy. Funny. That's the thing. Is that I find that I, while I do, I'm, I'm with you. I love a good mockumentary, um, even if they are somewhat overdone now. But uh, but a good one is always a good one, no matter how many of them we get. Um, I, 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 I love it when it's still being honest, you know, and that's the thing is that this movie, it's still being honest to it. And yeah, somebody really was, let's, let's make sure that these kinds of things are somewhere that we don't just put up text on the screen to move things along. We can have some fun with that too, because that's part of this. Um, at the center of this movie, we've got this relationship between Amos and Rebecca Diane. I kind of loved it. So we find out that, uh, you know, she was in love with him until he, figured out that he was gay as a kid um and it turned into this kind of platonic codependent relationship uh i i wager there is a lot of truth in this one on both sides i loved watching them together i i don't know how close they are in real life you know they weren't the co-directors mm -hmm. gordon directed it with lieberman so it may be based on them lieberman's not in this movie in a feature way uh but i i was like watching um watching gordon and platt together both when they're doing well and you know when they're you know when they're like unveiling the season and they're doing it with these little skits and songs and hand claps like timed at the right moment those kinds of things uh and then even later on when there's a fisher in their relationship i really loved the way that that was presented that may have been the movie they could have done without the the, the other camp thing and just talked about these two Definitely, definitely. There was a lot of storylines, storylines happening. And I, uh, they do at the end give you a little like, you know, oh, where are they now in those in those title cards of whatever and got up to. I would have loved to have seen if like any other characters hooked up. No, I'm sure they did. <laughs> but because <laughs> I, no. <laughs> I won't say who but it may become clear because yeah, it may become clear towards the end of like, uh, I think there were two characters that I would love to have seen if if they did put on a show together or, or, or got, <laughs> right, or got right. set up. Um, but you could have had an absolutely decent uh, mockumentary on those two characters more mm -hmm. succinctly. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like Sam and Diane from Cheers. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they these two are much closer. Like they, I yeah, what definitely. I love about this is I'm, I'm like I've met these people. You know, these are the people who they're not dating, they're not siblings, they're not friends. They're some sort of bouillabaisse of all three of those things, mm -hmm. and like they've known each other half their natural lives. So far, they've managed to stay on parallel paths and that's you know kept their friendship going but at, at a certain point it's gonna fisher and watching that but but like everything like they you know they they love what they do they love they love it yes. so they i think they love it more than anybody else does um even though the kids like idolize them and i could definitely watch more movies about these two people oh for sure yeah it, especially with the it, at the end where they show what happened to them later just how those career paths would have changed kind of like uh the before sunset series yeah. is coming to mind yeah. of like oh here's when one of them becomes uber successful and the other one is still holding on to like the you camp. know never yeah. yeah the camp exactly that could, that could be a really fun film <laughs> we 
uh, what 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 stymied me, and, and I, I I still can't get over this, and it's been a day, is I cannot remember the last time I was in a movie theater that was not during a film festival where everybody's like so ramped up and in it, just a regular commercial movie theater. I cannot remember the last time I was in a movie theater and there was an audible gasp. <laughs> what? <laughs> Rebecca Diane says something at one point to Amos. I will not give any more context than that, but our audience like audibly and loudly gasped at what she said. And that for me was worth the entire price of the movie. <laughs> That was pretty awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like laughing, shrieking, you name yeah. it. I've been like been there for it. A collective gasp. I cannot remember the last time. Yeah. No, and this movie is is good at giving you those little like wonderfully packed treats. Like from the yeah. start where the accident happens, uh, there's that. And you're <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like we're two minutes in. Like what is going to happen? <laughs> it, yeah. It, yeah. It yeah, please. Exactly. It packs such there were such wonderful like punches like that. Um uh that mm -hmm. uh that that were really, really delightful. Um still I find like found like kind of a bit of a, a slightly messy movie, but um but having those hits were oh, yeah. worth the ticket alone and that end musical sequence, um uh, for the listeners, uh, they come up with a closing theme song that is the epitome of, I just woke up and wrote my essay paper that's due at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and turned it into like having such heart. Oh my gosh. I, I was, I, that was, that was the big, that was kind of the big surprise is shows have a way of coming together. You know, like you, yeah. you, you've been through enough of these where you're sitting there the night before opening night and it's like, we've got nothing, you know, like things are just oh. a mess. And, and somehow, some way it just all works out, you know, um, watching it in this film, watching where we seem to be like where we were standing on the edge of and where they go with it. It, it like, it'll, it's like the Grinch, the heart grows three sizes. Um, and exactly even you know getting beyond that like getting to what we know is going to work because we've seen them do that but watching it fully performed um is uh that that's a treat you know to see what they get the kids to do in this little show that they you know when it's a show within a show i'm always like one of the benchmarks i have for something like this is do i want to see that show and i absolutely want to see yeah. that show yeah yeah i know um i'm also thinking of just extra little punches of uh there's a there's a, a scene with a hospital bed uh, mm -hmm. that the, the reveal of that um, and how that went awry at the end of the movie, I thought was magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you already mentioned earlier on the, 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 the use of like Glenn and the way that techs become these unsung heroes. Um, yeah. There's there's a beautiful setup and payoff of Glenn. We're not really going to dig into yeah. too much of why, because I really want to leave that to, to play on its own merit. But I, I, I really I, I got to, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, really got to tip my hat to a movie like this that really gives the tech some love because you don't you don't get that. 
in in oh, in, a, in a film no. like this. You know, you you talk about the kids and you talk about the counselors, but you don't talk about that one person who's really not getting paid well, but and could probably do this like you know in a bigger theater if they wanted to uh, but they're just they're doing it for the love and they're doing it they're oftentimes they're like friends of somebody so they're doing it as a favor yeah. um oh, i yeah. really love the tech crew uh the tech crew never gets enough love the post-production crew on a show never gets enough love um there's so many uh there's so many parts that make that show come together that yeah people never pay enough attention to you. So yeah. this gives a wonderful uh, spotlight on the, on the staging crew. Quite literally at one point, you know, where he's training for how to follow with a spotlight. He's like, this is too easy. Can you make this harder? You know, things like that. Or watching, um, there's the one counselor who happens to be a costume designer and watching him have that little, that little seminar where it's like showing these classic paintings. It's like, this does nothing for me. Oh, except for the sleeves. The sleeves are, that, 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 that's good. And it's like this Renaissance <laughs> painting or, or what's, what's the line? What do you mean you're, what do you mean you're allergic to polyester? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that. I love it. Those are the kinds of things that's new. It's normally like two seconds in another yeah. movie, but we we actually do explore it in this movie. Yeah, and I, I I would have taken more of that. Like, I would love to see like a mockumentary about that summer camp tech crew. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, absolutely. The shenanigans. Is, uh, is there a summer camp for a tech crew? Like that would be. We got to start that. Oh my gosh! Uh, We're sitting on a gold mine. I. I think that's the bar after the show. Is the <laughs> <laughs> we, we gotta start that. We'll come up with a clever it's name. The alley behind you know, the theater. Just um, in, yeah. invest in spike tape and black, black, you know, black clothing. We'll make a fortune. Somewhere, listen. If there is a twelve-year-old who wants to sing know. the waitress song, somewhere out there, there is a twelve-year-old whose dream it is to be, you know. To get gaffer tape. Yeah, exactly. there's some kid who's yes. walking around with a belt and a flashlight. They have a collection yeah. of beaners. Yeah. Oh. They, they, I, you know, they, they dream yeah. of flying in the scrim at the end of the movie, at the end of the yeah. show. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. I got to ask, is this movie too inside baseball? Like, if somebody has never set foot in a theater, if somebody does not know the lyrics to Wicked by Heart, are they going to enjoy this movie? I think so. I think those of us who have experience either in crew or as an actor, you you get a deeper level of it. But mm -hmm. I think if you're just going to see a film and have a laugh, you can still see a film and have a laugh. Yeah, sure. I, I would agree. I mean, there's there's some things in there where I'm like, I know this person, you know, like I've, yeah. I've met the teacher. Wearing, some deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, like... <laughs> Gordon's wardrobe, especially like those summer dresses with the clogs and the socks. I'm like, this is you, you've, you've, you've <laughs> gone off pictures here. This is not just out of your head. You're working, you're working off snapshots. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's messy, but I mean, my running feeling has always been that a movie like this is allowed to be messy you know when a movie has a lot bigger budget and a lot longer mm -hmm. runway you know that that's when you have to start like really pulling apart some of these things but when a movie like this is like clearly being made for the love of the game um you know yeah there's there's some things that it's like well maybe we could have done this maybe we could have done that but 
you and I both came away from this movie enjoying it. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Exactly. Yeah, so. it was it was very fun. Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. end our uh, reviews here on the matinee cast with a souvenir, something tangible or intangible. If you could take away from this movie and keep, you would. Uh, Kelly's and Nickus, what would be your souvenir from theater camp? Love your tech crew. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I want to go to that stage fighting class where the actual concept of what is stage fighting is to be determined because I get the feeling that there was some actual fighting going on in there and they just kind of figured it out while they go. And you know, it's just, it's, you don't actually get to like hit people. You're not supposed to really. So having that would probably be a lot of fun. Um, We rate here on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars. Um, Kelly, what do you give uh, theater camp? One to four. I probably do two and a half. Okay, I'm a little warmer than than you, so I'm, I'm going to go with a three, which 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 tracks and and like these are both affectionate ones, you know, like a two and a half for for theater camp and a two and a half for Barbie are not exactly equal, um, so uh, you know, take that with a with a with a grain of salt, and uh, you know, let me know what you think if you had uh, managed to track down theater camp. Uh, it's rolling out slowly. We're getting into August, and um, you know things are going to theaters are going to slow down a little bit. So maybe you uh, your local comes up with theater camp. Let me know what you think. Ryan at the matinee Twitter, where I am matinee underscore ca or Facebook. Uh, what do you think of theater camp? We are going to take a very quick break right now and flip the record over to play the other side right after this. We're back. It's episode 310. I'm sure of it. (laughs) Reasonably sure of the matinee cast. Um, She's Kelly Zimnikas. I'm Ryan McNeil. We've been talking about theater camp, which kills me because every time I type it, I have to write it the American way. And my spell check wants to flip the R and the E. It's it's been a big thing. I, I'm you know while I enjoy talking about this movie, I'm gonna be happy that I don't have to type it anymore. Um, it's the other side. It's the point in the show where we talk about other movies, further viewing, um, additional reading that you could do. Where did your brain go after uh, theater camp? As somewhere that somebody could go to to watch um, complimentary stories. Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, uh, tell people tell, tell people about that and why. And uh, I mean, you know, there's the odd chance that if you're listening to the show, you've never seen Waiting for Guffman. But so maybe start with that. Like, tell people what it's about, just in case they've never seen it. Basically, I uh, came out in in what, like the mid '90s, I think. Yeah, late '90s. Yeah, came around there. Um, and uh, from the the wonderful brains behind Spinal Tap, uh, which is another fabulous mockumentary. If you've if you've never seen that, but this theater, uh, I guess, get to theater camp for adults uh, coming together to put on a show. And this big producer's gonna come, or big director by the name of Guffman, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're putting on a show with just the most ragtag, haphazard bunch of folk. <laughs> I mean, you've got like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Um, just this fabulous comedic duo that I've loved for ages. And that's just, again, just a very honest, sincere people trying their hardest and just being so goofy 
and so ridiculous, but it's just got such sincerity to it. Um, I found that that's what I was maybe hoping for a bit more out of theater camp, but just done so well. I, I mean, I think theater camp gives you a deeper appreciation of waiting for Guffman because like what I've always loved about all of those Christopher guest movies is they make it look so simple, you know, yes. and they, and they really make it look like they're just riffing off each other and, you know, figuring it out in the editing room where in the reality it's like, they're all just so talented yeah. that they make it look easy. Um, the other thing that both of those movies uh, make me think about is how much theater is very much created um, by people who love it. Like mm -hmm. there is a very small amount of it who are able to, like you said earlier, who are able to just do that and that's all. And then there's a yeah. lot of other people who are doing it on various levels of professionalism that just love getting up there and taking people out of their lives for two hours, you know, whether <laughs> it's something happy or something dark or, you know, to varying degrees of success. Yeah. They're not, they're only doing it because they love doing it. Exactly. And that's, and that's very much in waiting for Guffman. Like all, you know, all these people who are, some of them have done it for a minute. Some of them are, it's their first one out there. They're, you know, like they're on all, and, and certainly Corky, the director um, who's taking time out from running his little collectible shop to, to, to create mm -hmm. this show. Um, you know, that, that passion is like right there in the movie. I love it. Oh, it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would recommend. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth. So hold on. My oh, sure. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> Always nice to meet a fan. Um, <laughs> so recommendation? I'm so leaving that in. Um, so my first other side for this movie, um, we actually talked about it in the, in the run up to this episode, is a movie that I don't think very many people have seen at all. Um, from 2003 called Camp. Um, and it is uh, it, it is another one of these um, theatrical sleepaway camps where they where the kids come in and they do musical theater. Um, most of the cast of this movie are a bunch of nobodies, but then you have people like Robin De Jesus and Anna Kendrick in the middle of it all. Um, you know, like Oscar and Tony nominees dotting this cast of actors who you never saw before and never saw again. And this movie gets the whole notion that I was talking about earlier, that it is absurd to have some, you know, 14 year old up there singing the ladies who lunch, you know, it's just not <laughs> appropriate for all kinds of reasons, but it's, it's kind of wild to watch it because it this is this is in the before times. That's that's one of the things I kind of loved about rewatching it in the run up to this episode was I, I did give it another look because we were talking about it and it had been the I swear it's been the first time since it was released that I watched it. So it's been twenty years. And thinking about this approach to musical theater in two thousand three. You know, before Wicked, before Hamilton, before Glee, before you know, being a musical theater person was somewhat cool to, to say nothing of before social media, um, right. watching these kids go and love it and have this place where they could be themselves 
for the summer. You know, like one of the the, the character that's played by Robin De Jesus, um, he's a queer kid who gets beaten up because he goes to his prom in drag, and while that still happens, um, <laughs> and while it's still terrible, um, it's it it's not as shocking as it would be in 2003 In 2003 it's like holy shit i can't believe you just did that you know now it's like drag is a thing and we're we've come don't get me wrong we have a long ass way to go but we've come so far in 20 years that watching this little snapshot of how this all is discussed it's trippy to see it and to kind of mirror it it's like the one is kind of like chapter one of where we are theater camp is kind of chapter two of where we are and i can't i can't wait to see where we are in 20 years <laughs> I need to see camp because my boyfriend uh, tipped me off to it when I was telling him I was going to go see this. He's like, yeah, it sounds like this movie called Camp, yeah, which I've never and, heard of. Yeah, and I mean, it's like... Camp is cool. There's there's some things in camp that are really that are really funny. There's two black kids who they can't figure out how to cast and and okay. you know uh, utilize properly. Like at one point, they're they're the two co leads of Fiddler on the Roof, and they're like, "Come on, dude, what are you doing?" Um, but even <laughs> you know, watching like watching the younger of the two, and when I say younger, he's got to be he's got to be nine at the very oldest this kid oh. but watching him play like the Barry Gordy character in Dream Girls and have one of the white kids sing you're going to love me to him and like shaking <laughs> it's just it's it's <laughs> like the movie goes for it i really do love it yeah it's like not streaming or renting anywhere so people can find it 2003 it's directed by Todd Graff good luck um if, if you're local i've got a i've got a hard copy of it i'm happy to lend um but yeah so now kelly's amicus what was the other movie that you thought of after theater camp that you think somebody could enjoy after watching can i suggest book can i suggest a book yes please okay i don't have another movie but uh i was gifted this back when we were in high school uh, and I have a copy of it. It's called How's Your Second Act? Uh, <laughs> okay. It was published in 1918. What? Um, really? Yeah. No, it was. I have. You can go to Ryan's to watch Camp, and I'll loan you my copy of How's Your Second Act. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, but it was uh, written by a guy named Arthur Hopkins. And what I remember out of that... Um, and I haven't, I've reread it not that long ago, but it's like, essentially that, like, how are you hanging on to the audience? How are you still holding the audience's attention? What are you doing in the play so that they don't wander off, start thinking of other things? You're still in touch with the story. If you're a, a writer or an actor or a stage tech, um, it's, uh, it's a really good read. Um, how's your second act? Uh, again, I have, I have a copy because I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually quite available. If people, uh, do the Googling, it's, it's not hard to find. Uh, I, I mean, I always find what I'm interested in is, um, you know, you're a writer. So if you tell me that something is well-written and something is interesting, I don't necessarily have to be interested in the subject to exactly. find the writing itself interesting you know and i've always said that about uh television shows and movies and plays and and certainly books you know um like i've i've read books about 
I've read books about parenting, you know, and it's, and it's if it's well written and, and it's spoken in a clear voice, I'm like, I'm going to be interested, you know, or I've read books about braiding sweetgrass, quite literally, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. So I find, and I find sometimes that reading a book about something that you don't do or something that you mm-hmm. are, you know, is not That's your true. lane can actually sometimes very much give you an idea that you can apply to your own ideas, like your own work, your own life, yeah. whatever. So yeah, thank you for that. I'm definitely going to go looking for yeah. this. Um, and I love that something that was written over a hundred years ago, back mm-hmm. when they would have gone through one of the pandemics. Um, yeah. I love that that thinking kind of still holds up you know um that you can that you can go to something then and be like yeah how am i uh solidifying this next portion of the story or this next portion of the project i'm working on arthur hopkins is the writer Mm -hmm. it seems so definitely um thank you for that i'm definitely gonna look into that um please don't take offense if it takes me a minute to get to it because my tbr is quite tall um i do have one other film that i wanted to talk about that i think would go along with um theater camp it is another one that is very very much about the staff not the players slash campers or in this case students uh have you seen a movie from 2008 uh with steve coogan called hamlet 2 oh goodness i think i did see that Steve Coogan, uh, people might now be most familiar with him either for, um, you know, his work in, on Little Britain um, and certainly the last several years, his um, his movies with Rob Brydon, the the series of trip movies, the yes. trip, the trip to Italy, trip to Greece, trip to Spain. Um, he <laughs> so Hamlet, too. He's a high school drama teacher and he's kind of seen. Uh, dangerous minds a few too many times because he thinks that he has to like be edgy to get yeah, through yeah. or like stand and deliver and a lot of the plays that he creates are actually staged versions of films so when the movie opens his high school is doing a production of Aaron Brockovich <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so i mean that's that's the great part is watching you know he's got he's got the he's got the the two high school kids uh playing you know julia roberts and aaron eckhart in in (laughs) in aaron brockovich and they get to the scene where she does like which of my numbers do you want and she goes two that's the age of my little girl and watching the the teenage gay boy say you have a little girl like all enamored the way that aaron it's like it's it knows exactly what it's doing. And then later on in the movie, what I loved about um, Theater Camp and what I love about Hamlet 2 is they're both movies where they come up with really cool songs. So Hamlet 2, yes. it's got Rock Me Definitely. Sexy Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, it actually has a song that works called Raped in the Face. Um, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's it was one of these, like, all of these movies actually camp hamlet 2 theater camp Mm. um they're all movies that dropped in august and when you get to that late part of summer it's kind of where a lot of people start like stop going to the movies they get to that big july movie and they kind of quit um so what i love is these kind of late summer movies when you find them 
uh, you know, on, on all the various streaming places. It's, you know, it's something that you probably would have enjoyed the first time around, but mm-hmm. now, you know, watching it, just kind of tr- stumbling over it. Um, Hamlet 2 is a lot easier to find than Camp, by the way. So if people want to go looking <laughs> for it, it's it's pretty easy to track down. But yeah, I, uh, I highly, I think it would make a great double feature. That's great. Well, there we go. Um, that is episode 310 of the Matinee Cast. I am so thankful that uh, Kelly was able to uh, watch the movie with me and uh, drop by. Um, come on back in uh, two weeks. We've only got two more episodes uh, left in this season. Uh, Monday, August 14th for episode 311. I think we're going to talk about a romantic comedy called Shortcomings. Uh, I'm totally up for a suggestion at this time of year. So if you're listening to this and you've got a movie you think I should talk about, uh, let me know. <laughs> Kelly is all over the place. Pedal your wares, please. <laughs> uh, well, if you're going to be in Burbank, California... Uh, from August 12th to 19th, I'll be at the Burbank Comedy Festival. Um, but if you are not, uh, you can definitely find my uh, comedy stylings and my show, It'll Be Fine, on my YouTube channel, which is just under my name, Kelly Zemnikis. Uh, and on Instagram, slightly different title, uh, my handle is The Latvian Foodie. Uh, I I, I do have one question. What is the thing you have cooked that has that worked the best and was your favorite? There is one dish. I just made it the other morning, actually, uh, for breakfast. Uh, It was a recipe I did with a Toronto comic, Mark Hallworth. Uh, It's from the LCBO Food and Drink magazine. Uh, It is panukaku, which is a baked pancake. Uh, It is a Finnish dish. I have hands down made that more than anything else repeatedly uh, okay. in my and what is the thing that just flat out failed uh you can watch i believe it was episode 69 uh <laughs> now, you, oh, no, Nicole, now you're yeah. just now you're just screwing with us come on know, there's no right? way there's no way that I, that I, one was I the think worst I one did, i think i did purposely make it episode 69 my guest crushed it uh kristen okay. finch uh comic out of halifax baked with me uh, we made macarons, not macaroons. Oh, those are hard. Those are okay. I, now, see, now I believe you because those are hard. And it uh, it destroyed me, but she crushed it. Yeah, yeah. That's, she did so that, good. Okay, I was, okay. I, I I don't I don't believe you about the sequencing, <laughs> but I do believe you that that didn't work. <laughs> Um, there will be all kinds of links where you can follow Kelly's work uh, in the show notes. Please find them. Please use them. Um, I'm I'm lucky as hell to call her my friend and because she's amazingly talented. And I don't know where she found the time to do this. So thank you so much for coming by. My site is thematinee.ca for more audio content. You can find back episodes there. Uh, you can also find them in the usual places. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, TuneIn. You name it, I'm there. If I'm not there, let me know and I'll put my show there. It's super easy you can subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop uh feedback on theater camp can be left in the comments section of the site you can email me ryan at the matinee.ca uh i'm still sort of on twitter matinee underscore ca uh there's facebook there's insta uh, there's um letterbox instagram you name it just yell at me i i love talking to people who listen to this show any final thoughts uh i'm also on threads someone please like something i say on threads it's a it's a very tree falls in the forest kind of vibe on threads right now. <laughs> I, you know, I really just, I just want one channel to win. I'll be, I, I'm just like, I'm going so to all of them. <laughs> I'm going to all of them, grabbing my name and not doing a damn thing because it's like, can one of you just come 
the front runner, so I know where I'm moving next. I've already moved too many times. I can't. I don't have the time to plug this shit everywhere. <laughs> One of you, please win. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. For Kelly, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you at the matinee.